0: Would make it I was sinking and the shame came like a wave I just knew that I was too far gone. faithful never failing even when i thought the darkness was Glory and the praise for all of the years, your loving kindness kept me safe.
1: morning. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for being here on this February 20th year of our Lord 2024. The on time God never gives up is always there always right when you need him. And I think my favorite part about that song about that couch performance that we just watched um was the fact that the female singer that was there started crying. When she was towards the end of her song and she was talking about how he's always there and he never gives up, she, the tears came from her eyes. When me and my uh, daughters were singing this weekend at home, singing worship songs to God, I was bawling. And my daughters thought I was sad. My daughters thought that I was sad and that there was something wrong. And I said, my oldest daughter said, what's wrong? And I said, nothing. And she said, then why are you crying? And I said, because nothing's wrong. When you are in the spirit like that, you feel different. You feel so incredibly blessed to be given the chance to do the worship that you start crying. That's incredible. And that's exactly what you saw With that young lady on the couch. Patriot 1776 for life says, I love to cry now. I used to hate it. I used to hate crying. It used to psychologically make me feel like I wasn't a man or, you know, I was weak. I don't, you don't need to do that. You don't need to cry. But now it's like an everyday thing. Now it's like an everyday thing. Eli, if you're heading out, will you uh, go on and open that uh, side door a little bit? When my daughters see me cry, they think that I'm sad. And I was just trying to tell them, the fact that we can sit here and worship, the fact that we can sit here and sing songs to God, thanking him for saving us from eternal damnation, and doing that by giving the closest thing to him, his son, for me, that alone makes me want to cry. So when I, when I, uh, when I felt the tears coming in that young lady's voice, I, uh, I said, boy, the Holy Spirit's talking to her now. And I know that feeling because it happens here on Rise Up every single day. C.C. Jack says, it's hard to put into words when you feel the Holy Spirit. Nice job, J.H. It really is. It really is. It's hard to put into words. There are no words. There are no words to describe that. There is only a heavenly feeling that really, really describes it. And only you know what that feels like if it's happened to you. Amen? Amen. I saw that uh, everybody is sending prayers to Ashley. And Ashley needs a break, even if it's just a couple hours from being super mom to her kids. Trust me, I know the feeling. My wife knows the feeling. And sometimes her and I, like every month, will find an hour or two hours just to get away and go have a dessert and a coffee somewhere. Like just that little bit, praying with my wife while we're out away from the kids for an hour or two, having that time together, praying over the coffee, praying for heavenly energy and stamina, and then going home, it feels like we went on a two-week vacation. And sometimes we're so drained because we're giving everything to our children that we're not stopping just for a moment and receiving from God. And I know the feeling, Ashley. Trust me, I do. My, my advice and suggestion is find some time anytime, even if it makes you feel guilty. Get away from them for a couple hours. Pray, enjoy that time of solitude, and go back and you'll feel like a million bucks. I know we do. Moms need a break. That's exactly right, Caramore. Moms work harder than anybody on this planet, and they need a break. So we're praying for you, and we, uh, we hope that that advice helps. Now, uh, I want you guys to all open up your newsletters. You did get a newsletter from me this morning. Maybe it went to one of your different folders, your spam folder, or your promotions or social media folder, but check your folders because I did send an email this morning. And that email, uh, VC, we do not allow links in the live chat but you're more than welcome to put links down below in the uh, the, the lower section. Um, unless it's LFA related, it's like if it's an LFA link, then you can put it in the live chat. But we do that to keep people safe away from links that they might click on and that are not good, right? Um, so just wanted to let you know. So I titled today's show Wisdom and Wealth. And in the newsletter that I sent out this morning, I talked a little bit about wisdom, and wealth. And today we're going to break down the incredible responsibility that comes with wisdom and wealth. I mean, you've all heard that old Spider-Man saying, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, guess what? Wisdom and wealth is a power, and it does come with responsibility, and it is a gift, and it is a very powerful but yet fragile gift. Both of them. And we need to examine ourselves if we have either or both. Some of you may have both. Most of you probably only have one wisdom or wealth. Now, I have tons of wisdom, not a lot of wealth. But with the little wealth that I do get here and there, pockets of time where we have extra cash, which isn't, is becoming more and more, like, fewer and far between, um, what do we do with it? Are we selfish with it? Are there priorities that take precedence over something that we want to do with that money? We have to examine that, Okay. Ashley says, I don't have the kid's Bible app. That's a good idea. Yeah, get the kid's Bible app. It's really good. It's really good. So your emails this morning, let's go to them now. I'm going to get this pulled up so we're all ready. I'm also going to pull up your live chat up here in front of me so I can see it up here, so I can see what you guys are talking about. Um... Right now, only about 10% of the people have opened their emails. And uh, it might take a while to get to you. But if you don't have your email in front of you and you don't have it open, please make sure that your Bibles are open to Proverbs chapter 3. Because that's where we're going to read out of today. Proverbs chapter 3. And also, before we get started here, and before we go to the Lord in prayer, I want to remind you guys that we are a viewer-funded network. Uh, so when, um, when we don't have enough uh, monthly donations uh, to operate, which we're ho- hovering around 50%, which we've been for quite some time now, uh, we do bring in some very, very carefully selected sponsors for partnerships to help us kind of fill that gap. Uh, so make sure, folks, when a new sponsor comes in, if it's something that uh, interests you and something you can afford, uh, we urge you to make sure that you make a, um, a purchase through that sponsor. It always helps keep them here longer and helps us depend on, on, on other people to make sure that we uh, keep things going. And you can always go to jeremyherald.com to the donate section up top and donate there as well, or find yourself something really nice on the store. And for everybody on the store, just listen to this. Every time you order something on the store, you're going to get a free item from now until our overstock is gone. The overstock is $10 or less. And we're going to be putting more of our product on the overstock list this week. So where else can you find shirts and things like that for $10 or less? And where else are you always going to get a BOGO deal? JeremyHarrell.com. Check that out. Now let's go to the Lord in prayer. Um... And while we're praying, I want you guys to, um, pray for people to receive the word of God today. Now I'm fasting today. I don't know, uh, what your guy, what your lives are like. I have not really been on a, uh, a proper fasting schedule in a while now. Um, so I am fasting today and today I'm going to be praying while I fast um, for people to receive the word of God, to receive the gospel, to receive the good news, whether it's from this show, whether it's from one of you forwarding a newsletter or an email or whatever, I'm going to pray that people receive the word of God, because if people receive the word of God and people are actually open to listening to it in our lives then God will take care of his will. He'll take care of healing their physical ailments. He'll take care of healing their emotional uh, ailments and uh, their spiritual issues as well. We just want to make sure that we are rapture ready and that we are pointing people towards God so they can get their own armor of God and do the same thing, and we just keep that moving. Not worrying about tomorrow, not worrying about yesterday, just keeping it moving, okay? Okay. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you for this day that you have made. And we pray to rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we pray for contentedness. We pray and thank you for the wonderful blessings that you give us every day and the opportunities and responsibilities that come with those blessings as well. We pray for discernment with these gifts that you give us so that we do the heavenly and right thing with these honors that you have given to us and that we may be content in the things that are for us and our families and not desire more. Lord, you tell us to live simple. You tell us that the meek shall inherit the earth. So what we do with the responsibilities and gifts, such as wisdom and/or wealth that you give us, means everything. And what we don't do with those things mean everything. Lord and Heavenly Father, we pray that you dwell with us today, where there are many gathered in your name, to help us understand and comprehend the gospel by using the help of the Holy Spirit. Lord, during this fast, we pray that people listen to your word and receive your word and start applying it to their lives. We pray for ears and eyes to hear this message this morning, whether through share or forwarding, so that we can help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. All right, VC, that is the last time I'm going to tell you. We got to remove it now, okay? We can't have links in the live chat, and we do that for very, very specific reasons, not because we don't trust you, per se. It's because a lot of people will start seeing links in the chat and some nefarious people will come in and sneak their way in, and they'll put a bad link in the chat, and then people will think it's a friendly link, and they'll click it, and their entire life will be destroyed. So we just ask you to please only put links down below. We will remove them if we find them in the upper chat, okay? Thank you very much, and God bless. All right, wisdom and wealth. I'd like to... um, to get right into my explanation for this, in the description on Rumble, Jopoff says, I've got a few more compliments from my Rapture Ready shirt at church on Sunday. Many people seem to like it. Make sure you give them the link, jeremyharrell.com. We want everybody to be wearing Rapture Ready t-shirts, right? Oh, VC is a bot? Okay. If VC puts another link up there, Eli, just mute them, Okay. Appreciate that. All right. Um, Wisdom and wealth are gifts that come directly from God. Wisdom and wealth are gifts that come directly from God. And it's amazing in this world as a human to have money and wisdom. Think about it. Think about having both money and wisdom and what you could and what you the god-fearing christian would do with both let's look back in the bible king solomon the great king david's son king solomon he had both He had wisdom because he prayed for it and was granted that prayer. And he had wealth by default because he was royalty. Now, what did King Solomon do with the wisdom and the wealth? Did he do great things with it? Did he continue to do great things with it? After he did it the first time, the second time. That's what we have to examine when we're talking about wisdom and wealth. Perfect representative for that, King Solomon. What lesson can we learn or lessons can we learn from King Solomon, David's son? What did he do with both? Did he honor God with those gifts? Do we honor God with those gifts? That's the message that we need to share out to people today. And if you got an email and you, ha- and you belong to a church email list of your own, forward that along to the church. I'd like to see the responses from people who are far more versed in scripture than I am to see where we are. Eileen Jimenez said he eventually lost it. He did. How? Why? What happened? A lot of people in this chat do not know about the life of King Solomon. But you are right. He eventually lost it. I want you to keep C. Cappy in your prayers. Kathy's husband, Gary, has been through so much since last summer. And today, he's going to see um a doctor to find out if he has cancer or not so keep him in your prayers and keep God's will for Gary in your prayers now lulu red says omg i know she said oh my gosh i am reading about king solomon the last 2 days now wow solomon's heart turns from the lord and what happens with his wealth and his wisdom what happens with more importantly his salvation Let's um let's get into the verse of the day today Hello good morning and God bless Today we're going to talk about wisdom and wealth and we're going to open our bibles to Proverbs 3 verses 7 through 10 Proverbs verses 3 verses 7 through 10 And verse 7 starts out saying do not be wise in your own eyes That means don't be a know-it-all Don't refuse information from somebody because you think you know more than they do, don't cut somebody off and tell you, I I, I, know I'll figure that out on my own. If somebody's offering you information that you don't have, if somebody's offering you advice or a suggestion from a different point of view than that of your own, then why reject it? What if what they had to tell you meant the difference between night and day? Now, my son has this problem. My son, Jaden, and my daughter, Lily, both have this problem, and they got it from me because I was this way for the first 40 years of my life. When I try to tell my son, my son something, or when my daughters try to tell my son something, If he thinks that he knows everything there is to know about it, or if he thinks that his way is the only way to do it, he will say, I don't even want to hear it. Don't tell me. Don't talk to me. That's what he'll do. He'll refuse the advice, the suggestion, or the information from somebody possibly wiser than him who's been through it. He doesn't want to hear it. He wants to learn the hard way, and that is the devil, folks. That is what Satan does. Satan wants you to learn the hard way. Satan doesn't want a person to take advice, heed that advice from somebody who has wisdom. And what's going to happen to my son is he will learn the hard way. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Verse 8. This will bring health to your body. Yes, Aspen, that does sound familiar. Sounds like me, sounds like your dad, sounds like your brother, sounds like grandpa, (laughs) right? We've got to learn not to be that way. And it says, if you do these things, if you're not wise in your own eyes, if you accept Information, suggestions, wisdom, or anything like that from anybody else, and you shun evil, then God will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Health to your body and nourishment to your bones. CQ says stubbornness is not wise. Annette says that's a very teenage thing. Well, I wasn't a teenager at 40, and I did it still. And I don't want these habits to form and stay in their teenage years, for sure. So I am very much vehemently against the proud. Verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits. Of all your crops. Now. The word wealth here. I do not think this means. Honor. The Lord. If you are rich. I don't think this means. Honor the Lord. If. You have an abundance. Of crops. Cash cows, or whatever. I don't think that's what this is saying. I think this is telling everybody. If you have anything extra that you don't need, maybe not have to give away everything, But what happens is, if you say, okay, I do not need this. My priorities are fulfilled. Everything that I have, I'm content with. And my neighbor over there is living in a very worse off condition than I am. My brother over here is not being able to pay his electric bill. My friend over here has a leaky roof and I'm keeping this extra money in the bank for a rainy day, but yet they have water dripping on their head today. Wealth means anything other than the bare minimum. In my interpretation of this verse, honor God by helping others. That's what you do. That's not socialism. That's being like Jesus. God says, pursuit of happiness says, give 10% of your income back to the Lord. And I don't ever really focus on percentages. I focus on when the Holy Spirit tells me, give, give to this person, help this person right now. Folks, when you learn how to talk to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit tells you everything. The Holy Spirit guides you and tells you everything that you need to know. And as a matter of fact. I am being convicted in my own heart right now. Harmony, Will Johnson's Facebook page was hacked and is now being held hostage by sicko people. So no, it's not Will who's posting that stuff. Watercop says some people will only see the Jesus that's in you. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And then verse number 10. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. And your vats will brim over with new wine. Now, when you read this, you say, okay, if I give away 10% of everything that I get, God will make sure that I have more than I can ever have. Now. Because you're doing it for the wrong reason. You don't do it to get more. You don't do it because the Bible tells you, I got you. If you do this, I'll make sure that you have wealth. I'll make sure that you have more than enough. You've got to want to do God's will. And then whatever God blesses you with, He blesses you with that. You be content with that. And that's it. Now, I wrote this God tells us what to do with both wisdom and wealth. Wisdom and wealth are both a gift to us here on earth, however, they are fragile and they are not promised. You must do your part. You must receive. You must give. You must be humble in both and don't hoard them for yourselves. The more we give of what God gives us, the more comfortable that you make people around you. God promises to add to your wealth if you are doing what can be trusted with it in him. You must share your wisdom. You must share your knowledge that God provides to you. After all, you wouldn't have it unless he provided it. Why does the good news only belong to you? If God provides something to you, share it with the world. That is the definition of the meek shall inherit the earth. Please share this message with the world today. Now, I've got a lot of people to thank here. I got a lot of stuff in the mail, cards and letters and donations. And this is something that I got in the mail, God's creative power for healing. I'd like to read this before we go to a video. Building blocks of life or death. Your words are building blocks of which you construct your life and your future. Your words set the cornerstones of your life, and you live within the confines of that boundary that you create with your own words. Situations, circumstances, and conditions are all subject to change. But with the support of your words, you can establish them in your life forever. The following article entitled Patient Knows Best appeared in the August 1991 issue of the Reader's Digest. A person's answer to the question, is your health excellent, good, fair, or poor, is a remarkable predictor of who will live or die over the next four years according to new findings. A study of more than 2,800 men and women, 65 and older, found that those who rate their health poor are four to five times likely to die in the next four years than those who rate their health excellent. This was the case even if examinations show the respondents to be in comparable health. The findings are supported by a review of five other large studies, totaling 23,000 people, which reached similar conclusions, according to Ellen Idler, a sociologist at Rutgers University. People that have an image of themselves being in poor health will talk about poor health. Even though they may be in good health, they seem to live in the reality of the image that they have of themselves, even unto death. That's called a hypochondriac. That's called a pessimistic person. This would confirm Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What you believe and speak not only affects your body, but your immune system as well. Your words become either a blessing or a curse to you. And we'll finish this off with Luke 6 45. Jesus put it this way, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good and an evil man out of evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil for the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Ladies and gentlemen, when God told you that you would have Power like Christ. When Christ said that the Holy Spirit would come unto those who believe in him and they would be giving the, the power of heaven. You have the power in your tongue to create or destroy. We've talked about this many times. And you can either speak healing and health over your life or you can speak death and um, destruction over your life. It's all on you. And that is why the word believe is so important. Western dude, I'll ask if you please keep the profanity away from this live stream. It would really help. Because any kind of negativity, even if it is just a bad word, can breed. And we don't want that when we're in the house of the Lord. So if you could just... uh, refrain from the terrible language in the live from America chat. We would appreciate that. Thank you very much, Harmony. I appreciate that as well. Okay. I promised you that we would go back and watch the rest of my interview with Ken Ham. And really what happened here was I allowed my kids to interview uh, Ken uh, mostly, but I did as well. And So I'd like to take you back to that now if I can so ladies and gentlemen here is my uh, rest of my Interview uh, with Ken ham down at the ark uh, A couple a few years ago now two years ago three years ago now. Wow been a long time But anyway folks, I promised it to you. So here we go
2: Attack us as well. So over the years i've had to learn it's god who gives you your reputation and You just have to trust him for that and you know anyone who is for instance you know I'm the CEO and founder of the organization uh, but it can be lonely at the top so to speak and you'll hear that from anyone who is you know the head of any organization because um, you have to be the one to help get the vision and and direct people and um, you know, there's other ways in which it's hard, too. I think um, there's a lot of people that, uh, w- which is a good thing in a way, a lot of young people and others that have come here and uh, they look up to you and you realize I have to be on my best behavior all the time. And, and, and I'm an Australian, and see, we like to insult our friends. So I've got to be, car- got to be careful about that sort of stuff. Uh,
1: By the way, that's my daughter eating chips, and she was... Three or four at the time, so please excuse the chip eating.
2: That are here, and you know, there's um, we have speakers and researchers and others here. I'd rather them do that than some of the pagan Hollywood people and uh, some of the pagan sports stars and so on. So, um, but yeah, it it's hard um, for many many reasons, but it's what God's called us to do.
1: Tristan, did you have any questions for Mr. Han? Actually,
0: yeah. Um, <clears throat> How did you come up with the
1: idea to just make an art? And like, oh, I woke up today. Now I'm just going to build this thing. That's yeah, exactly what happened. I just woke up one morning and said, oh, we're going to build it um, Come on, everybody. You
2: know, you know, all of these things, there's a whole background to it. And really, uh, to understand how the art came about, you have to understand how the creation museum came about, which means you have to understand how we came to America, which means you have to understand... How the ministry that built the creation museum came about and how that ministry started in Australia which really goes back to me being a teacher and then goes back to the way our parents brought us up to stand on God's Word and equipped us to be able to defend the Christian faith so there's a lot to it right so it's not just something that happens overnight it's sort of like um, the Israelites in, in the Bible you know the little by little principle they didn't conquer the promised land straight away. It was little by little. And uh, so over the years, actually in the Ark, when you're in the Ark and you're on the uh, second deck, there is an exhibit there about who was Noah. And if you read it carefully, it talks about the fact that, it's saying we're we're using artistic license in doing this, but it's saying, you know, just as God prepares us for the ministry He's called us to do, with you know our, our whole background, our family, our life's experiences, all of that contributes to who we are and what we do in ministry, uh, and what we do now. So would not God have prepared Noah like that? And so Noah maybe already was a shipbuilder. He knew how to build ships because when God said you know build this great big ship, this ark, He didn't say I don't know what an ark is, I don't know how to build ships. You know what the Bible says? Noah did everything God commanded him to do. Maybe God had already trained him to do that. And so being brought up in a Christian home in Australia with a father and mother who always taught us the answers to skeptical questions so we wouldn't doubt God's word. Um, And then dealing with the creation evolution issue at school, not having any books, my father helping me to get answers, finding some materials that gave me books, how that impacted me and helped me through university, becoming a teacher. Seeing how the students had questions. You know, one of the first questions he asked me in 1975, right? Probably before you were born, right? In 1975 was, Sir, the Bible can't be true, Noah couldn't get all the animals on the ark. And you know what? Atheists ask that same question today, and I've been asked that many times over the years, but lots of other questions too. Started taking the students to museums, they're all from an atheistic evolutionist perspective, and so then having a burden from the Lord, why can't we have a Christian museum that teaches the truth about creation and a creation museum? And so we eventually started an organisation in our home in 1977, uh, I was school teaching in 1979 to go full-time, stepped out in faith, and yet people said that would help us and support us if we did that. And uh, so we did. And then in 1980 stood on a piece of property with one of the board members that helped us start the ministry in our home and prayed for a creation museum in Australia. And God answered that prayer in Kentucky, in Kentucky in uh, 2007, how about that? Um, And then was invited over to speak in the USA in the eighties, was invited to work with the Institute for Creation Research for seven years, and then instead returned to Australia one, had that burden intensified to build a creation museum, moved to Northern Kentucky because we were within a one-day drive of two thirds of America's population to build a creation museum. As we stepped out in faith to do that, God brought along a top designer to design the exhibits. And then, as we were building the <coughs> creation museum in 2004, while it was still under construction, we started to talk about what are we going to do next because. Why just stop there? Let's see, we want to impact as many people as we can with God's word and the gospel. So, well, one of the most asked questions we've been asked is how could Noah get the animals on the ark? And Noah's flood is an integral event because most of your fossils come from the flood and the fossil record is used to try to convince generations millions of years of evolution. And so, and also Noah's ark is a picture of Jesus, one door to go through. You have oh, wow. to go through one door to be saved. Jesus said, i the door." No, one and his family went through the door to be saved. So it's a picture of salvation. And so, why not build an ark? And over the years, I've tried to show people the size of the ark using helium balloons and so on, because a lot of arcs in children's books are bathtub arcs about to sink with jars sticking out the chimney. So, Mommy. then we decided that hey, we will do that next. And so, that came out of the Creation Museum, and then. Uh, the ARC was open in 2016, July 2016. And uh, so that is just a little tiny snapshot showing you it's all these experiences, sequence of events, people God led to us, things that happened. And look today, the two leading Christian themed attractions in the world. Thousands of people come every day, and millions of people being impacted. And it really goes back to parents who taught their children to stand on God's word. So being brought up in a Christian family with parents that stand on God's word, that's one of the most important influences and impacts on your own life. And so take note of it.
1: Well, Jaden, I guess that answers your question was how long did it take to build, huh? (laughs) Now the
2: next question is, how long do you
1: take to answer questions? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Sabrina, did you have any questions for him? Um,
0: um, I am...
1: Is
2: it mentally difficult to prepare before any of your debates? Oh, is it mentally difficult to prepare before, you know, debate? Well, if you take the Bill Nye debate, when I debated Bill Nye, I spent a long time, hours and hours preparing for that, and also praying a lot. And it's interesting, because I had all these good-meaning Christians uh, that wrote to me or sent me emails or phone calls telling me what I needed to do and what I needed to say. It's interesting, after I did the event, I had many tell me what I should have said. Um, but you know what? I look at the experiences God has given me and what I believe is the way I should do things. Then I consult with others. You know, Scripture says, there's wisdom in the council of many others that I trust that know me, um, that are a part of the ministry and prepare that way. But I always get really, I always get nervous before before things like that. In fact, I would rather be nervous, even before I speak, even today, when I'm gonna speak, I'll always get a little nervous, Um, but I would rather be that way because I would rather think that, you know, understand I'm fallible. I don't wanna make, I don't wanna make gross errors or anything like that. I know we're not perfect. Uh, I always wanna do my best and I'm thinking of all the people sitting there, and I need to explain this to them, and what about people who don't uh, trust the Lord who are sitting there, and I want to make sure I say the right thing, so you have to pray and ask the Lord to give you the right words, but um, it is always mentally draining to do that, even before an interview or before meeting people or anything like that, I always find it a little draining because to me, I want to throw my whole self into it.
1: because you never know the impact you can have on people. Well,
0: I can say you have a have a huge positive impact on
1: our <coughs> Yeah, big time. I, I I my question is so we live in New Hampshire, okay? Oh, the Christian part of it. Yeah, the ba- yeah. <laughs> and so and and actually, uh, Carlotta actually spoke to this out there, and it was something that was on my mind too. Um, is we would love to, and and I got a pretty you know big social media reach and. I would love to know what would be the best way, other than saying, hey, there's an ark down in Kansas in a Creation Museum, and they show you, you know. What I liked about the Creation Museum was it actually did what I wish school would do, and show you both uh-huh.
2: opinion. you know. Well, it, it, it's teaching you how to think that there's only two foundations ultimately, God's Word and man's Word, so there's two different world views. and then we say our foundation is this one, God's Word, and then we... Sh- make it come alive for you and answer the skeptical questions as we go
1: through yeah and that's a that's amazing and i wish schools i wish public schools would do that it just it's always ever since so we found our journey to jesus and not too long ago 2016 mm-hmm. so we're we're relatively the fr- was yeah was it mm-hmm. look at that and we and we went jumped head first you know and i always i always wanted to but you know it happened on god's time mm-hmm. right um But I always wondered, how can the public school system teach a curriculum that's based on nothing but a theory? Well, you know,
2: first of all, um, I would say that evolution is not even a theory. Because a theory really means it has evidence to support it. So it's actually a a belief. And it's Mm. actually, you could call it a blind faith belief, but I would say it's a belief that uh, actually lacks credulity. Because... Um, observational science goes against everything that um, that you see about the evolutionary uh, belief system. But I think this is what you need to understand. I, I just came out with a new book, in fact I'll tell you what, I'll give you a copy, uh, called Divided Nations, Cultures on the way and out Chaos and a Conflicted Church. And one of the things I do in there is to talk about the fact that there's been a failure to teach in our churches and homes uh, five major things and. That's why people don't understand what's happening in the public school system or what's happening um, in in the church with the exodus of young people from the church, which there is a massive exodus, and what's happening in the culture with the moral relativism permeating the culture. And number one is there's no neutral person and there's no neutral position. You're either for Christ or against. And that's what I'm actually speaking on at the ARC today. There's no neutral position. Um, There's no non-religious position. Everyone has a religion. Because everyone has a belief system, and there's been a failure to equip people with apologetics, answers to skeptical questions, so therefore they tend to doubt God's word. And because we're sinful preachers, we're already biased against God, so that's a problem. Um, we haven't raised up generations to understand that our worldview has a foundation, Sorry, I'm having and it's got to be you. the foundation in God's word. My watch just spoke. To <laughs> the foundation in God's word. When you begin in Genesis, that's the foundation for all doctrine, for our whole worldview. There's no doctrine that's not founded in Genesis. So if you, if you want to understand what we believe as Christians, you have to start from Genesis 1 to 11. A lot of churches have said Genesis 1 to 11 is not important. That's why the younger generations have no idea what to believe about doctrines and so on. And then um, we need to understand that what's happening in our culture today began 6,000 years ago in the Garden of Eden, as a battle between God's word and man's word, it's the same battle that's raging today. And when you think about the public school system, it's a secular system. By very definition, it's anti-God. By very uh, definition of being secular is not neutral when you understand from a scriptural perspective.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it. There's actually another six minutes or so But I couldn't handle hearing my 60 pounds heavier fat body breathe like a walrus or a warthog anymore. Eli, I was just listening to this video and I'm sitting there. I'm going (sighs) just sitting there. I'm not even running. I'm not walking. I'm not picking anything up. I'm just breathing like a large warthog. Uh, That was 60 pounds uh, roughly heavier than I am right now, so as I'm just sitting there, listening to Ken Ham, I'm going, (sighs) 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 ladies and gentlemen, thank you to Field of Greens, (laughs) for sure, thank you so very much, and to fasting, like I'm doing today, Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, maybe we'll play the rest of that tomorrow for you, Uh, but great questions from my kids, and um, you know, I'll continue to get healthier. Uh, Hopefully, you guys continue to get healthier. Uh, Field of Greens, Lean, that's a good one as well. That'll help. Um, Amanda Collins says, I didn't notice that. Go back and watch it now. That's all you'll hear. Anyway, folks, uh, I pray that you guys all have a great and wonderful day. Make sure you check out JeremyHarrell.com and Trumpet Daily. The TrumpetDaily.com, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for all of your God-inspired news, word and uh, just information here on LFA TV, and also uh, today on uh, Live from America, we have got uh, a lot to talk about. I hope you guys can join me there. Ava Chen is going to be joining me to talk about the new Hong Kong illegal alien that was just appointed head of the election commission or to the board of the Election Commission in California. It's going to be crazy. Uh, But thank you for joining me for the word this morning. Remember, do what is right with your wisdom and any wealth that you get. And I will leave you with the same way I brought you in with some nice, good music. Mike Crispy is back in studio from what I hear. And he will be next on Unafraid with Frankie, producer Frankie. God bless each and every one of you. Keep God first and I'll see you later. Have a great morning. Keep rising up, folks.
0: You love the impossible time, God, you love doing miracles, oh, you do the impossible every time, I see it all now, how your hand was was always working, working. even in doubt, you were faithful, Never failing, even when I thought that...